Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 through 16, called, You Belong to Me. When you and I as parents and grandparents and even great-grandparents can realize that ultimately our children don't belong to me. See, it would be hard for any of us to be in Abraham's sandals and say, Lord, I'll do it. Now, Abraham obeyed, I think, because he realized that this was the son of promise so that God would raise him from the dead if he needed to. But I think Abraham somehow had in his heart that this miraculous birth was just another affirmation that God was doing a miracle and that Isaac's life was bigger than just Abraham and Isaac. And it was because from Isaac comes Jacob and then the 12 sons of Israel who are the 12 tribes. And from one of those tribes, namely Judah, comes who? The lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb of God. And when you and I can realize that perhaps our children, as we give them back to God, we give them back to God because it's bigger than us we'll be at a better place to realize the bigger picture is what God is most concerned about. Not saying that this wasn't devastating for Abraham, because certainly it was, and off they went. And of course, in verse uh, 9, they're walking together. Actually, look at verse 7. Isaac begins to smell out uh, a problem. He says, uh, well, there's fire and wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And so the two of them walked on together. Now we know that Abraham's getting ready to do what God called him to do. And the Lord stops him. And Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. There was a ram caught in the thicket to fulfill the picture of another dying in the place of, in this case of Isaac. And notice in verse 14, in the mount of the Lord, it was said to this day, Moses actually is writing this later, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Looking all the way forward to the ultimate lamb who would die perhaps on that same spot where Abraham had built an altar. That's how God works. And so there was another story that came to mind for me, and it's in 1 Samuel. So go to your right, 1 Samuel. So you got... The first five books of Moses, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and then 1 Samuel. So let's turn over there. Chapter 1. So there's a guy named Elkanah, and he has two wives, which is always a mistake. (laughs) And one of them's Hannah, and the other one is Panini. No, it's actually Panina, but she made Paninis. Just kidding. Anyway. And so if you know the story, Hannah is barren. She can't have children. And this is how it unfolds. This is 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 5. Hannah, Elkanah would give a double portion for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, that's the other wife, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her. Mark your Bible right there. The Bible does talk about being irritated because the Lord had closed her womb. And it happened year after year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she, her rival, would provoke her and she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? 
Why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? Everybody write in your margin. Honey, don't answer that question. (laughs) And then Hannah rose eating and drinking in Shiloh. Rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And she, Hannah, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she made a vow. And she said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy maidservant and remember me, and not forget thy maidservant, but will give thy maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. You can write in your margin there. That's the Nazarite vow. Now, as Eli the priest watched her, he thought maybe she was drinking or something. What is she doing? What is she mumbling with her mouth? But she was praying. And she did what Exodus 13 essentially says. But this is a rare occasion where this came to fruition in this sense. She said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. He belongs to you all the days of his life. Now, she is, of course, blessed by the Lord. And she conceives in verse 20. She names the son Samuel. And the man Elkanah went up with all his household to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned, probably about two or three years old. Then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord. Notice your Bible, verse 22, end of the verse, and stay there forever. So the rest of the story is this man, Samuel, who set apart, sanctified unto God, And if you've studied the life of Samuel, you know what he meant to the nation of Israel. He was a great change agent, a great man of holiness. He anointed King David. He represented the Lord well. He changed a nation. And I believe that if the church is going to rise up in our day, we've got to see our progeny, that is our children or our spiritual children, as those who we pray will change a nation. Amen? Because the nation, you can clap if you want to, but let it be unto God's glory. Because is our nation indeed in need of changing? Oh my goodness. It is crazy what is going on in our United States of America right now. What is going to be the remedy? It is going to be a godly generation coming up. And there are some here in that age range that give me great hope. Great hope. Because I think they're taking their faith seriously and they want to live sanctified lives. So Hannah gave Samuel back to the Lord and he changed a nation. I want to show you one more. It's in the book of Luke all the way in the New Testament. So Jesus has obviously been miraculously born. Luke gives some of the uh, early accounts of his life. And just to get to the direct application for us, Jesus is born. He's obviously born to young Jewish parents This is uh, right after the shepherds have been rejoicing. Uh, Luke fast forwards us in Luke 2.21. It says, When eight days were completed before Jesus' circumcision, his name was then called Jesus. So Jesus was both circumcised and baptized. Some of you may wonder why. He did not need to be redeemed. Why even this presenting him to, to the Lord in the temple? 
It's because he came to fulfill all righteousness, which if you walk that out, actually means that he fulfilled what the nation of Israel failed to do, the Messiah would fully do. So he got circumcised on the eighth day, a sign of the Abrahamic covenant. He got baptized by John the Baptist, who was like, I, you need to baptize me. Why am I baptizing you? Let it be so that we may fulfill all righteousness. Now, here comes his parents. And Mary had to do something that Leviticus lined out. She had to do, go through a purification ceremony according to the law of Moses 22 uh, when her days were completed. And they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, here's Exodus 13. As it is written in the law of the Lord... Every firstborn male that opens the womb, he was the firstborn, of course, of Mary and Joseph, shall be called, what? Holy to the Lord. You can also write down Exodus 28, 36. The high priest actually would wear something that said that, holiness to the Lord, and he wore it as a crown as he ministered before the Lord. And so then they offer the sacrifice and Uh, That sacrifice shows that they're poor. And then Simeon, of course, holds the baby and he begins to prophesy over who this child actually is. He's a light, 32, of revelation to the Gentiles. He's for all people. He's the glory of thy people Israel and so forth. And Mary is told she gets an early prophecy of what's ahead, that her heart is actually going to be pierced ultimately by what happens as he is pierced for our transgressions. And when he was brought in the temple and Mary and Joseph essentially presented him according to this law and said, Father, he belongs to you. Never was it more true than that day in the temple because he was the son of God. And God the Father could say of him, he belongs to me. And the reason that he's here is God the Father so loved the world that he gave his only son. This is how he redeems us by the ransom price of the ultimate lamb. Back to Exodus chapter 13. And we are the redeemed of the Lord, sanctified, set apart. Hebrews 12, 23, if you're taking notes, calls the church the firstborn. And we have been born again to a living hope. We have the presence of Almighty God. And each time one is born again, God basically says, he belongs to me. We have an advocate with the Father, 1 John 2, right? Jesus Christ, the righteous. And when the enemy or our own flesh is condemning us, Jesus says, Father, he, she belongs to me. He is mine and I am his. Amen? We are betrothed to the Son, and we belong to Him. Your identity, brothers and sisters, is so huge. You have to know to whom you belong. You don't belong to the world. You don't belong to Egypt. When God gave the early pronouncement in Exodus 4.22, He said, you say to Pharaoh that Israel is my firstborn. In Egypt, in the pantheon of false gods and goddesses, what they would do is they would say that the firstborn of Egypt belonged to the gods, false gods and goddesses of Egypt. And God said, no, they don't. When the Pharaoh attempted to kill the firstborn or the, the Hebrew males in Israel, God says, no, 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 you're not going to do that. Israel's my firstborn and I'm claiming him for my own. He doesn't belong to you. He belongs 
to me. She belongs to me. You get in the picture? That's the church. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak to you if you need prayer or counsel. If you're having a hard time and need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't feel like talking at all, but you could use some prayer, call Walk in Truth on Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Once again, 844-48-TRUTH. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. The Hebrew males in Israel, God says, no, 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 you're not going to do that. Israel's my firstborn, and I'm claiming him for my own. He doesn't belong to you. He belongs to me. She belongs to me. You get in the picture? That's the church. The book of Exodus is a book about salvation. And right now, your identity is that you belong to him. You don't belong to the idols of this world. You don't belong to Egypt, in quotes. You don't belong to the Pharaoh. You don't belong to the taskmasters of your old sin. You belong to him. And I see two reactions to this. One, it's thrilling. I belong to God? Praise God. He loves me. He accepts me. He loved me from the very foundation of the world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I see other people going, I belong to nobody. It's my body and I'll do what I want. With whom I want, when I want, how I want. Do you know that funeral directors say that the most popular song in all of America at funerals is Frankie Sinatra's ballad, I did it my way. Backed up by the Italian band in the book of Acts. You guys know about the Italian band in the book of Acts? He's connected. Uh, never mind. Anyway. But they warmed up by eating mostacholis. Okay, that's one thing that you can know. Darren, would you do me a favor and check the air and see if it's flowing the way it should? People are fanning themselves. It probably has more to do with the preaching than anything else. It's getting hot in here. Have you, have you guys heard of how selfish choirs and bands can be when they're warming up? What do they do? They go, me, 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 me. It's all about them. It's just, you know, horrible. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I wonder, as a believer, as you sit here right now, how that phrase strikes you. Because we live in a culture where people are saying, oh no, you don't belong to anybody but yourself. And, you, and, it's, and it's mine and, and this is what I do. And, this is what, and nobody's going to tell me. And I'm a self-made person. And that's Americana par excellence. Until you read your Bible. And God says, no, you don't. You belong to me. Seek first my kingdom, Jesus said, and my righteousness, and I'll add all the other things that you're trying to make first in your life. You put me first, and I'll take care of the rest. You know, people who put God first are blessed. And I'm not talking about always material blessings. I'm talking about the most important blessings, amen? I'm talking about spiritual blessings and being able to say to your kid, I know who you are, I know why you were made, I know what your mission is, and I know where you're going, and we're going to the promised land. Amen? That's what we got to do, parents. We cannot make Christianity simply something that we've added to our portfolio. We belong to him. And until we get that right, we're going to stay stuck. 
And I'm talking about the evangelical church in America. Oh, how we need to pray, Lord, change our hearts. And so Moses said to the people, remember, this day in which you went out from Egypt, notice what you left. You left a house of slavery. For by a powerful hand, the Lord brought you out from this place, out of the slave house, and nothing leavened should be eaten. I want to give you an application point because some of you might be saying, well, how do, I, how do I live this identity out? It's going to be a process. Let me give you two thoughts. One, remember who you are. How do you remember? Stay constant in worship. Keep the word of God in front of your eyes, in front of your heart. Stay in fellowship and stay connected to God and his body. Do you know there's some frightening statistics about people who, and it's not all people, but people who stayed away uh, for a year, year and a half because of COVID. I heard David Jeremiah say that at the end of a broadcast the other day, the statistics are saying that many of them are never coming back. They're not coming back. And David Jeremiah warned people listening. He said, don't you do that. You get back to fellowship. You get back because when we come to the Lord's table, which we do here uh, from time to time, we do at least once a month, we do it on Wednesday night as well. Jesus said, remember, what do we remember? The new covenant in his blood. We remember who we are. You belong to me. We've got to stay on the positive side, doing things that cause us to remember. In Jeremiah, God said, my people have forgotten me. How do we forget God? We get busy, distracted. We put other things in front of him. This is the age old problem of idols, which are a very contemporary issue. And God says, don't forget me. Do things to remember. Hence, we have these feasts. Hence, they are year to year and they last for a week. Why? So that we will remember God knows how we are. We suffer from spiritual amnesia much of the time. Amen? Here's the other thing. You could call that the positive. Here's the negative. You've got to regularly sweep the leaven out of your life. Now, we studied that already. But it's right here, repeated in the text. Why? Because sweeping out the leaven helps you to stay close to God. It gets the chaff out of your life. Here's application. Remember who you are. Be about God's business, worship, etc. And sweep out the leaven regularly out of your life. In 1 Corinthians 6, if you want to just write this down, this is about verses 9 through 20. Here's what Paul says to the Corinthian church. He says, look, some of you used to be this. You used to be engaged You were in the house of slavery to sexual sin, to this, to that. And he goes through a whole list. He says, such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were justified, but you were sanctified. And then a few verses later in chapter 6, 19 and 20, he says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. You are not your own. You belong to him. See, this is the message of our identity and our future. Now, there's verses here that we've, uh, we're just going to touch on because it's a reiteration of a feast that we've studied in depth, but I want you to notice just a few things. Verse 4, on this day in the month of Abib, now you have, this is the Passover month Abib was the original name. It came to be known Nisan as Nisan later, uh, and that was connected to the Babylonian captivity. But you go out in the month of Abib. Now, this is the first time that this is mentioned, the actual calendar month. You are to go forth. And it shall be when the Lord brings you to the land, that's the promised land, of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, 
the Hivite, the Jebusite, the Norkite. No, it doesn't say that. Which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. That is a picture of a land that will produce plenty. That you shall observe this right in this month. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. And on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord, a celebration, joy. Unleavened bread shall be eaten throughout the seven days of the feast. Nothing leavened shall be seen among you, nor shall any leaven be seen among you in all your borders. Now, this anticipates the promised land. And basically, it says, get all the leaven out within your borders. Personal application. Get the leaven out within your borders. Wherever it is that you dwell, wherever it is that you live, get it out. Now, what should have taken probably a couple of weeks, a few weeks, or months... Most of the people hearing this would be thinking, oh, we can implement these things next Abib, next spring. Did they? Oh, no, no, no. It took them 40 years of what should have taken weeks or months. They were just going from Egypt, the country below Israel, to the north to go to Israel. It wasn't that long of a journey. But round and round and round they went. And why? Because they weren't sanctified. You've been listening to You Belong to Me, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus, Chapter 13, Verses 1 through 16. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we would love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with a question that you might have had on the teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you would like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Once more, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe you've been in a Christian church before and you've seen a baby dedication. And you thought to yourself, well, what's going on there? I I come from a background where it was typical to baptize children very young, to set them apart. In evangelical churches, largely, um, maybe the ones that you're familiar with, It's more of a dedication. What does that mean? Well, think about the word dedicate. When we dedicate something, we dedicate, um, for example, our service to the country, or we dedicate ourselves to a company or uh, to in marriage to another person. What are we saying? We're saying that I am yours. I'm giving what I have to you. That's dedication. And that's really what it means to dedicate a child. Hannah is the wonderful example in the Old Testament where she prayed for a child, God gave her a son, and she gave Samuel back to the Lord. That's the essence of dedication. And you know, the more you give things back to the Lord where they belong, the more you have things in the right perspective, the more freedom, the more that you don't have to bear unnecessary burdens. And it's a beautiful thing to dedicate uh, everything you are to the Lord because he'll give you everything you need. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and I, I have a question for you. Do you know the Lord? How can you dedicate yourself or um, what you have to the Lord if you don't know him? But you know, he 
is so wonderful that he makes himself so accessible to us. And he is near to each one of us. Paul said in the book of Acts, he's not far from each one of us. Maybe in this new year, you're a bit bummed out. You're kind of like, what do I do now? As the calendar is turned over, maybe you're a bit turned over. Well, the best thing you could do is dedicate or rededicate yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to just take a moment to pray. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. It's something like this. Lord, I dedicate myself to you in this new year. All that I have is yours. I give you my heart. I give you everything that I am. I repent of my sin. I trust in you. Be my Savior, my King, my God. Direct my steps. I want to live a life pleasing to you in 2023. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, hey, if you open up your heart to the Lord, rededicated your life, you can let us know when you reach out to us at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Let us know how the program's been a blessing to you. We'd love to hear if you've made a first-time commitment to Christ or rededicated your life. Reach out, walkintruth.com. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month, or you can always give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 13, verses 1 through 16, called, You Belong to Me. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.